Hello. Hello. You are listening to This Is Awkward, the podcast about how to have difficult conversations. We are your hosts, Leanne Nicholl and Christy McLeod. Ever feel like you put your foot in your mouth more often than a contortionist? Or worse, say nothing at all when confronted with tricky subjects. We are here to help by dissecting what makes some conversations so difficult and how you can broach them. Life would be easier without awkward silences, faux pas and full-blown rows. We will be talking to some amazing guests who will recount some of their trickiest conversations and what they learnt from them. As well as offering some brilliant hints and tips on how to tackle some of life's most awkward topics. Time to fill those awkward silences. On today's episode, we'll be talking about infertility. According to the NHS, around one in seven couples may have difficulty conceiving, which means infertility is an awkward conversation a lot of people may be struggling with. Joining us today is Emma Hazlitt, journalist, author and co-host of popular podcast Big Fat Negative, all about the trials and tribulations of trying to conceive. Emma has also co-written a book of the same name. Before we get into the episode, for people listening who are in the depths of their fertility journey, we must make clear that although Emma has experienced fertility issues and has gone through IVF, she does have two children and has recently given birth. If this will be too triggering for you, please do skip this episode. We are eternally grateful to Emma for coming on to chat with us while she's in the throes of juggling the crazy newborn days. Um, Yes, I remember those very, very well. Um, So a huge thank you for joining us today. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Chris. God, that was so pro. (laughs) So much more pro than we ever do. (laughs) (laughs) Can you tell us what inspired your Big Fat Negative podcast and book of the same name? Yeah, I think it's called uh, Misery. (laughs) We so yeah, I was going through infertility, and um, I just you know it was only it was 2018 that we started the podcast, so it's kind of you know I went through it for four years before I um, gave birth in 2019, and I I didn't really know anyone who'd gone through it. Like I had a couple of friends who who had kind of alluded to the fact that they'd. They'd uh, kind of struggled to conceive. I knew somebody who'd, who'd gone through IVF, and I had a boss who'd gone through IVF who was actually really open about what what he and his wife had gone through. Um, but I didn't really feel like I had anyone that I could like talk about the kind of you know the real nitty gritty with. Um, and then my friend Gabby was like, "I'm trying for a baby," um, and then they were trying and trying and trying, and then she kind of admitted to me one day that she was really struggling with it emotionally. Um, and I'd, you know, I'd done, cause I'm a journalist. I'd done some podcast stuff for work before I was like, I want to start a podcast about this. Um, do you want to do it with me? Um, and I even had a, ne- a name for it. Cause when you're struggling to conceive, anybody who's struggled to conceive and has gone on kind of internet forums before mm. will have heard the phrase big fat negative, which is like a, a negative pregnancy test. Mm. BFN. Um, BFN. Yeah. So we called it that. And, um, it, you know, it, I think we found a moment when not that many people were talking about it. There was a bit of a community springing up on Instagram um, and we started this podcast and it just went 
really well. People really listen to it and really seem to... I'm really tired right now, so the only word I can think of is vibe with it. Mm. <laughs> well, they did. They absolutely from. did. And yeah. about one million people vibed with it? We've had, yeah, we've had about... Um, well, I think we've had... We're probably getting on for about two million downloads now. Wow. Which is a lot. And we've got a book that we've written, which has sold some copies. <laughs> I don't yeah. know how many. <laughs> for anyone who's not... Um, heard your podcast or you know hasn't come across the book what can they expect um a lot of me and my friend bitching about being fertile Mm -hmm. um so that we kind of you know the reason we one of the reasons we started was because we wanted to we wanted access to experts right Mm -hmm. so we didn't know any experts and it's very hard you know obviously the nhs is great where it's great but it's a nightmare you know, you don't have someone on hand to talk to. And because we were journalists, I was like, oh, we, you know, we'll just get, we'll get a guy who comes on regularly and we'll just ask him all our burning questions. So it's kind of, you know, especially Dr. the early seasons. Tim? Do- Professor Tim. Professor. Yeah, to, so Professor Tim, Tim Child, yeah. <laughs> who um, who runs Oxford Fertility, who is or the medical director of Oxford Fertility, who is a good sport, I've got to say. So we carved it up into three. We've got, you know, the first bit was me and Gabby just bitching about our journeys mm. um, and what was going on with us. The second bit was always an interview with someone, so whether that's an expert or somebody else going through it, talking about like a specific thing they've gone through. And then the third bit was Professor Tim. And we started off by asking him these like old wives' tales that mm. you hear about fertility. So like, should you put your legs up after you've had sex? Will that help mm. you conceive? Um, pineapple was always the big joke. Like people always said, eat pineapple. It'll help um, you conceive. Oh. Yeah, I mean, Never come heard on. that one. Yeah, and then there's this whole thing about, um, there literally was a rumor at the time going around Instagram that eating McDonald's chips after you have an embryo transfer will help it stick. And I can tell you now, spoiler alert, is bullshit. <laughs> I mean, that's a McDonald's PR department for uh, yeah. coming up with that one. But yeah, I mean, who, who there had that idea? Like, it's a good one. But um, <laughs> yeah, so that, I mean, that's kind of what you'll hear is, I mean, it's mainly us just whining. Uh, it's very good whining. Thanks, I, I really Thanks. appreciate the podcast. I've listened to a lot of episodes and I love <laughs> yours and Gabby's dynamic. Um, and the way in which that, yeah, you're talking about something that's uh, very painful and very difficult, but it never feels painful or difficult to listen to. It just feels informative and it feels reassuring. Mm. Um, but bearing that in mind, you talk about your journey a lot um and a lot of other people do not seem to have that same kind of grasp on on how to approach this difficult subject matter um Mm. so why do you think that fertility and infertility are such tricky areas for people to communicate about well it's an interesting one isn't it because I think you know it's like I always think of it as like (laughs) I mean, this is a very basic thing to say, but conceiving a child is essentially a bodily function, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So if you, if somebody turned to you and said, like, I'm really struggling to go for a wee, I just really need a wee and I just, I can't wee, you'd be like, but that's, but I do that all the time. Like, just go, go and sit in the toilet and see what happens. Mm. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, it's not, it's not a great metaphor because obviously, like, if you have an, a, a UTI, that's a nightmare. But it's, you know, it's a it's the same vibe, like, mm. just you know, it's something that it, that most people can do, right? Mm. Um, so people are like, well, don't be stupid. Like, 
you know, just try harder. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of kind of subtext to that, which is we live in a society where, you know, people think that if you're if you're not achieving something, it's because you're not trying hard enough. Mm. If we talk about manifestation at the moment, that's the whole thing, isn't it? Um, we interviewed Jenny Ag about yeah. miscarriage. And I know that's something that she finds particularly sticks in her craw is this, yeah. you can manifest it. Mm. Um, yeah, because there is an can't. element of blame there, isn't there? Mm. Always there's an element of blame. You're not trying hard enough. And also, I think because it's historically, and less and less, but historically it's been such a taboo subject, it means it hasn't really been explored in detail, particularly, I've got to say, by the older generations. Mm. Um, And also because, I mean, there's so many reasons, but because it's something that causes such grief for, for us, for those going through it, people kind of want don't want to hear about your grief you know they don't want it they want you to feel better they want to make you feel better right Mm. so that's why a a lot of like conversations about infertility will be somebody placating you so you know telling you that um a friend got there 10 years later that type of thing yeah it'll be like you know trying it comes from generally it comes from a good place they want to make you feel better about your shitty situation Mm. but obviously it's incredibly frustrating because you just feel super dismissed when it happens so if people go you just need to relax they'll think I've done a good job Mm. I, I I said what I needed to say you're like fuck off (laughs) have you ever actually said fuck off to Um, anybody who's who's imparted their wisdom came very close with a certain relative who had been saying for ages you just gotta relax you just need to relax you just need to go and get drunk and I at one point pointed out that it was kind of victim blaming yeah what she was doing and then her like (laughs) never forget her eyes widening Mm. quite significantly when I said that but it was just because I'd heard it from her over and over and over and over and over I was like yeah I need to shut this down now because it's going to make me into a crazy person yeah you do I mean it's hard isn't it especially when there's close relationships involved Mm. but you can't keep having the same conversations and you have to let people know when things that they are saying are hurtful or inappropriate do you find you mentioned um age and perhaps the older generation being not so hot in this area is that like across the board have you found that is it younger people because we're more used to being open and perhaps a little bit more compassionate um I'm really sorry (laughs) to any older people who are listening we do think you're compassionate too but like this there seems to be a theme that plays out that is um that stiff upper lip that stoicism that you know keep calm carry on vibe does sometimes give way to words, sentences, conversations that can uh-huh. be quite dismissive and hurtful. Yeah. Well, do you know what? I was thinking about this the other day because I was thinking about when I was in my mid-20s, so before really any of my friends were trying for a baby, I had one friend who had a little boy and who conceived twins and who then lost those twins. Oh, gosh. And I remember really well me saying to her, oh, it's, you know, it's just it's just some cells or something like that. Like one of those things that mm. you really shouldn't say to somebody. Um, because that is what other people, I'd heard other people say, mm-hmm. right? Whereas yeah. our generation, we have access to social media. 
we have access to the stories and experiences of of millions of people mm. and therefore it, it is highly likely especially if you are a woman um, and your peer group has been trying for a baby it's very likely that you will have come across the experiences of women who have lost babies who have struggled to conceive babies mm. and therefore you'll be familiar with how hard it can be because of social media mm. whereas the older generation doesn't necessarily have that all they've got is what has been said to them or what they've heard said yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And and like you said, it's not such a taboo area anymore. So mm-hmm. it wasn't even spoken about. It's I think it is still a taboo to an extent. But I guess just coming back to your point about social media, you can go out so much more readily and find anonymity in communities that are going through yeah. the same experiences as you if you need to, I guess. Yeah. And um do you do you find with the the BFN community that you've that you've generated through the podcast is it I'm presuming it's still predominantly women but are there many mm. male perspectives and voices coming through There are increasingly male voices coming through so um what is the name of that Welsh comedian Rod Gilbert. Rod Gilbert. Oh, I love Rod. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he like did a he did a documentary about it recently. Um, and he's kind of created a bit of a community oh. around it. And there are some guys coming off that. So there's a couple of podcasts that have started. And um, there's a guy called Sean, who's on Instagram. He's called Knackered Knackered, which is quite funny. <laughs> um, and, and he's like kind of leading a bit of a movement about men sharing their experiences. Um, and it's increasingly happening. I think, you know, us gals led the way. Yeah. And now there's guys coming in going, actually, I... I'm having a shit time too and I need mm. someone to talk to about this and this is my experience. That's brilliant um, because it's a completely great. different perspective, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's all kind of tied up with ideas of masculinity and mm-hmm. um, and the fact that men generally don't tend to talk about private things. I know if I ask my husband when he comes back from a night out um, what he's been talking about, expecting something of interest and yeah. it's all surface level yeah. stuff nothing about relationships whatsoever so having um somebody start that conversation and then it will trickle down into like into general society but one thing that we spoke with Jenny Ag about was this idea this kind of facade of openness that social mm-hmm. media and uh, to some, some extent uh, journalism and uh, celebrities give these things so they're talking about them so it feels like they're not taboo but actually in your everyday life you can still really you know get somebody stock still on announcing that you're going through IVF or that you're trying for a baby even because you know a lot of the time we don't even tell people we're trying Mm -hmm. so I I just wonder whether you've seen that disconnect between this openness and online communities with celebrities and then in real life Well, the celebrity thing grinds my gears a little bit because you will get a celebrity who will come out and say, I've gone through infertility, I've struggled to conceive, and then will not share any more. And of course, it's, you know, it's up to them how much they share. But the thing that I needed when I was going through infertility was, you know, for somebody to like laugh about the experience of going through, going, you know, having scans where they stick a thing up your vagina mm. and you don't expect it um, what do you call I mean, it emma 
a date with Wanda. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because an internal ultrasound is never something you expect until it happens. Yep. And you're like, what? Because on TV, obviously, all ultrasounds are like on the tummy. Yeah. But no, here's, you know, anyone going through this in the early part of their, their journey, um, you will have <laughs> essentially a dildo stuck inside you by a nurse at some point and it is a very surprising experience anyway um I needed somebody to kind of share those experiences with so when like Jessie J goes I can't conceive and that's all she says Mm. you I I felt quite let down by that Mm. because I was like I need a pal here I need someone to talk to me about the like experiences of it and this is only slightly driven by the bitterness of the fact that you know, we've asked countless celebrities to come on our show and none have, apart from Emma Barnett and Sophia Moneycoots, who are both excellent sports and we love them. Good on um, Emma and Sophia. Yeah. Um, when we met, you and I, because Emma and I are friends, disclaimer, when we met, <laughs> you um, said to me pretty much straight off, um, yeah, I've got this book, I'm doing this book about IVF and infertility and quick quite quickly we were talking about our uteruses because I had been through a (laughs) miscarriage and very interested in postnatal health but we got there quite quickly because of a very common ground but for people who don't have that common ground if you Mm. uh, launch into your story and your journey do you find people are taken aback or do you find and I'm not going to refer to us as the younger generation because fuck me I'm 42 so (laughs) we're we're not well I'm not anyway but do you find that within our age group uh Mm. what we call geriatric millennials do you find that um the reaction is taken aback a little bit hesitant a little bit kind of shocked that we're going there so soon or is it a very open and like immediately really uh, welcoming conversation so I started TTC that's trying to conceive um seven years ago and at that point if I shared anything about it people were like oh my god now because most you know, most people in our age group have either tried for a baby, had a baby, or have reasons for not not having or wanting a baby. Um, e- either way, like it's entered everyone's mind at some point, right? Mm. Um, and that everybody knows somebody who's gone through IVF. Now it's very much a like sharing war stories situation. Mm. So it's interesting because I took, and yeah, I do, as you said at the top of the show, like I do have kids and my eldest is starting school in September. And I took her for a kind of playground playing experience today, um, walked into the playground and there were two mums there talking about going through IVF. Um, and I was like, oh, these two are both IVF. And, you know, it, it really is that straightforward these days. Like yeah. people just start chatting. Um, and it's the same, like, at, you know, at my daughter's nursery, her best friends, like, one of them is an IVF baby. The other one was conceived after a lot of trying and a round of IVF that didn't work. And I, I know this about these kids, whereas, you know, a generation ago, we probably wouldn't know that. And mm. when you first um, started TTC, trying to conceive, mm-hmm. um, those conversations were not commonplace. Is that right? I, well, you know, you've got to think about where where I was in my life, which was, I was in my, well, I've, I was 30 you know, most of my friends were in long-term relationships, but probably not at the point where they were thinking of conceiving. Um, So no, those conversations were not happening at that point. That said, most people I knew weren't in that place. 
but certainly it wasn't a conversation I'd had with a lot of people who were a bit older. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, I can't speak to the the kind of generation or the cohort above me um, because I, you know, I, it just wasn't conversation that were being had by my kind of cohort. That's a good yeah. word, isn't it? Um, I feel like quite grown up using it's a really good word considering you've had absolutely no sleep (laughs) Um, I'm really interested in women's health as you know and but this isn't just a women's health it's issue, is 50% it? 50% of infertility uh, is male. Mm. So it's worth yeah. thinking about yeah. that. And yeah, also, yeah, yeah. It, you know, that is also not really explored in a big way. It's, uh, it's, it's absolutely not just a women's health issue. There is this point around breaking down taboos specifically yeah. to do yeah. with women's health. And mm-hmm. I think that we are getting more comfortable talking about women's health. And I think from the female perspective, it's been, you know, we've seen it with so many things recently, whether it's to do with contraception and the menopause, there's so many mm. things when it specifically comes to women that if it had been something across the board, it would have potentially been given a little bit more attention than it has. And yeah. to your point, Infertility is a really interesting one, isn't it? Because if we're saying that actually about it's about a 50-50 split, do we still, it sounds like there's still quite a lot of work to do to then, I mean, we're struggling to break down the taboos. We're talking about infertility amongst women, but also we definitely have some more work to do in terms of helping men talk about infertility as well. Oh God. Yeah. I mean, yes, massively. Um, and, I, you know, there's all those kind of, I guess, slight stereotypes about men struggling. I mean, we we kind of alluded to it earlier, but men struggling to talk about emotions. Mm. Um, and I think, you know, as a, as a group, they, they do need help with this stuff. You know, we do need to help our boys talk about their emotions. So if they encounter something like infertility, they can deal with it. Mm. Um, and, I mean, Leanna's a mother of two boys. That's kind of on yeah. you. Yeah, <laughs> they, they kind of they kind of don't struggle because they'll they'll say you make me sad or angry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have the emotion. I name it. Yeah. Do you know that's and you know obviously this podcast is all about awkward conversations and as someone who's gone through their infertility journey. Um, you must have experienced the good, the bad, and the ugly when it comes to these awkward oh, conversations. So for anybody listening who's thinking, I've not had an experience of this, but I want to be empathetic and I don't want to say mm. the wrong thing. What are some of the takeaways that you've experienced either from your community or from your own personal experiences? What are the really great things and sensitive things that have stuck out? Well, I, I guess the first thing that I would say is any any phrase with the word just in it, please just avoid it. Just mm. avoid it. Um, just <laughs> relax. Oh, you can just adopt. Oh, you can just do IVF. Like no, none of those things are easy. No one, to my knowledge, has been told to relax, has ever relaxed. Um, I just think, just don't use that. Don't use that word. If, if you're tempted to use that word, just stop yourself. Because, mm. and I am really aware of how many times I just said the word just, but um, <laughs> it's, 
nothing's easy in this journey. And if you kind of say the word just suggests that it's kind of simple and, you know, it means essentially what you're saying is, you know, your feelings of, and it will be grief or similar, um, aren't that important and are stupid. And, Mm. you know, it's, I guess to use social media language, it's you're invalidating people's feelings and that's Mm. never very nice, is it? Um, I think, you know, for me, the best, the best response to infertility that I have ever seen or experienced happened to me, Mm. um, which was my best friend just before she had her, or just, sorry, when she conceived her second and third, it turned out, because they were twins, um, she phoned me and she said, look, here's the situation. I am pregnant. And she said, I get what you're going through right now is really hard. I get that having, you know, having a person around you who is pregnant is really hard. If you don't want to talk to me for the next nine months or see me, we've been best friends for 20 years. That's fine. We'll get through this. Mm. And honestly, I've used that as an example so many times. I think I wrote, (laughs) there was an article in the Daily Mail about how great she is. Um, Because, because just God can you like the the level of empathy that it takes mm. to say something like that? I don't think I would be that great if the situation had been reversed. She just happens to be an extremely wonderful person, but you know that that really shows somebody who sees another person suffering. Mm. Yeah, and Absolutely. I think that's what you have to do. Is if somebody tells you they're having a bad time, like accept that mm. and see how you can help them rather than kind of dismissing them with, you can just do this, just do that. Have you just tried acupuncture? It was another classic. Oh. I did try acupuncture and it was really great, but it did not help me conceive. It was just a really, really nice experience. So it's not fixing the problem. It's exactly. just hearing what people are saying. Yeah. And social and media has taught being us. sensitive. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, if that's one thing that we've learned from social media and to use their kind of vernacular it's other people's lived experience Mm. um just like try not to deny it or dismiss it there was an end it's just uh sparked a a thought actually so we did an interview with Kate Sevier talking about awkward conversations in the workplace and we touched Mm -hmm. on this point about everybody show up as your authentic self and and she rightly called that out and went "Mm." Yeah, there's a there's a limit there, isn't there, in terms of people go, I'm only comfortable with a certain level of awkwardness in, you know, and the people immediately feel really uncomfortable, don't they? And it's about yeah. that willingness to go, yeah, life is a bit uncomfortable and yeah. you know, we have to open ourselves up to that a little bit. And that point around people just always wanting to try and be fixers mm. through and actually accidentally then invalidating people's feelings with I mean gosh I think that's such good advice don't use the word just don't use the word just it's the best thing and I've got you look we all fuck up don't we like we've all done I I do it all the time I'm sure I've dismissed someone's feelings in the last 24 hours probably my daughters (laughs) but um you know I just try not to Mm. basically but I guess if they have, it's always worth revisiting uh-huh. and saying what I said was really insensitive yeah. and um, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I'm I'm listening. Um, 
Yeah, and I'm learning. I mean, every time I speak to Emma, I learn something. Oh, or every time nice. I listen to your podcast, I learn something new. So um, it's been really excellent quality chat, <laughs> as usual today. Do you have anything else that you would like to say um, to people who have uh, close ones or uh, employees who are going through this or are going through um, fertility issues themselves and the conversations they might come up against? I think, I guess the thing I would say is not, you know, everyone's experiences are different. (laughs) What an insight, right? Um, But, you know, I went through infertility and I felt a profound grief all the way through. Others don't have that in such a big way. So I guess the the point I'm trying to make is like everyone probably doesn't need to talk to it, talk about it in the same kind of level of detail. Mm. So you, like you know some people really mean well by like really quizzing you about it. Mm. But I guess some people just don't want to talk about it. And that's fine. Can you give somebody um, an idea of what like a, a phrase they could use if that's them, if they don't really want to talk about it, if it's, you know, they'd like people to know mm. so they know what's going on with them, but they don't want to go into the detail. Have you got an idea of what that would look well, like? Well, I had a quite interesting conversation with a, a fertility counsellor and she said one one thing that some of her clients do is they will, they will say to people that I'm, you know, just so you know, I'm going through this, you know, I'm struggling to conceive, I've had a pregnancy loss, whatever. Um, I don't want to go into detail right now, but I will, when I'm ready to talk about it, I will let you know. Yes. And that is, you know. Perfect. That's perfect. Yeah. And if people get offended by that, then fuck them, essentially. Then that's (laughs) their own, like, delicate little feelings. But, you know, there are points where you just have to, like, again to use the old social media language set a boundary love boundaries love chat boundaries. on this <laughs> love we boundaries. love a boundary <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh great well emma thank you so much cool well thanks for having me guys it was really fun thank you so much i loved that chat i found that with every one of these there's always so many things i can sort of feel myself scribbling away going that's <laughs> to take forward yes thank you thank you so yeah thank you so much cool sponsor so that was our episode with the delightful emma Hazlitt, who i know you uh, are lucky enough to count as a friend um how did you find the chat um predictably awesome <laughs> um Emma and I have these kinds of chats, you know, on a semi-regular basis when we're not kind of bitching and moaning about general life stuff. (laughs) Um, But she's always insightful. I mean, she's such an authority on this. She's Mm. got such a wealth of knowledge. She's got the lived experience. She's got the journalistic experience. She's got the author's experience. You know, she's really interrogated the subject matter. She's lived it. So it's always yeah really a learning experience um hearing from her and she's so gently spoken Mm -hmm. um and she uses a lot of humor but if you listen back you will hear her refer to grief quite Mm. a lot um which you know 
I think sometimes people can forget that grief is a huge part of the kind of infertility and IVF experience. Mm. Um, I think people do forget if there hasn't been a baby um, or, you know, the start of a baby that people wonder how you can grieve something that hasn't been. But Emma really articulates that um, very, very well. Mm. Um, And yeah, I, I just... I love how no nonsense she is. She she doesn't um, bullshit. Mm. You know, part of what she's doing is educating people on how to talk about these subjects with yeah. friends, family, or you know, uh, also medical professionals and how they talk with patients. And she, you know, she doesn't pull punches, but she does it in such a gently spoken. Mm. polite Mm. (laughs) um and yeah I I have massive respect for her and Gabby um they're an excellent duo and perhaps we could get Gabby on uh at another time to have a chat with her as well because she's equally fantastic Mm. absolutely and what I mean this was your even though you know we're a three-way on our friendship um we haven't actually all met together um (laughs) so what what were your takeaways what was your impression well there were a few things really but actually when you were just talking then it sparked another thought because which hadn't really occurred to me until you started talking about this point about grief and her demeanor and the way she conveys some really interesting heartfelt stuff with humor because it's interesting when I was reflecting back on it thinking gosh we we were really giggling quite a lot through an episode which actually is fundamentally about something that can be and often is so traumatic Mm -hmm. so very involved and yet there was so much lightness in the conversation that we had Um, So that was a bit of a surprise, really. The other things that really struck me during the conversation and since, um, again, you know, the thing that I love about this podcast so much, and we've been so lucky with the guests that we've had, just how practical and tangible everything is. So when she made that point around avoid the word just, just relax, just this. And gosh, I know so many people who've had that experience and again this is awkward you know the more we talk about and unpick why those things that are often meant from a place of kindness can be so problematic Mm. so that I really liked um I really enjoyed uh how much we talked about her social community as well and also just this point around bringing the male voice into a topic that uh, uh, incorrectly gets badged often as an issue specifically to do with women and then my third point was just I loved how much she talked about that and you know that reminder that we need to view this not just as a female health problem yeah and bring in that male voice through because I just think with all things to do with fertility 
it so often skews towards the female experience and that is problematic for so many reasons so I really like that we talked about that yeah I'm really interested in what she was saying about um Rod Gilbert yeah I'm gonna be having a look into that I I was actually searching my podcast database earlier for Rod Gilbert see what came up and uh his podcast with his wife it's called the froth came up and I thought mm. I'm just gonna I'll have a listen to that um but I am particularly interested in having a listen to the male voices on fertility because I think that's an area that's hugely kind of neglected and and not really been mined at all and um, speaking of podcasts well, that's a beautiful um, segue there I appreciated that well, delightful you know, <laughs> Emma did say we sounded like pros so <laughs> <Profesh. laughs> <laughs> share with me what have you been listening to right so my favorite podcast at the moment is Alan Carr Life's a Beach have you listened to it I haven't but I do love a bit of car oh I mean he's just a delight in any shape or form isn't he but this yeah. I hadn't he's a realized, ray of sunshine he is and I hadn't realized he's a real travel enthusiast um and he gives loads of insights into his own travel experiences but the general gist is he invites celebrity guests along to talk about a whole range of travel related subjects from where they went on holiday as a kid to you know travel disasters you know so you get a real spectrum um I binge it every time a new series drops, but um, one of the old or older episodes that if anyone hasn't ever listened to it is a great entry point, which is Paloma Faith's episode. And it is just, it's just every bit as magical and magnificent and marvellous as you would expect. Do listen to it. It's glorious. Yeah, that sounds great. How about you? really good. Um, I haven't had much time of late to listen to podcasts, um, but I have just got around to start uh, <laughs> listening to the Meghan Markle archetypes on Spotify. Oh, um, have you had to listen to any of that? No, it's I'm intrigued. so professional. We're <laughs> <laughs> talking about professional. It is slick. Um, she's very good uh yeah, don't at her people don't at her <laughs> oh, what? do you know what i'm not entirely sure what that means how old am i um oh is that don't at me but oh yeah don't at me don't at me i'm not quite sure why i'm saying it but just don't do it um yeah she's, uh, i love i love everybody i just have to love but um yeah no it's good it's good it's interesting it's all very um you know woman centric and mm. you know what are the tropes about women and kind of dissecting them and breaking them down and I always find that really interesting and her guests are pretty pretty phenomenal mm. so and her voice is lovely I always like listening to someone with a good voice which is yeah. why I am going to be hunting down Rod Gilbert because pretty oh, much yeah. nobody's got a better voice than that but um, I am going to have a listen to uh, some of the things that we've been talking about. I've just loved podcasts. I mean, this is why I love doing this. I All of those different subject matters and just the time that, you know, people can give to one subject and mm. one guest and our very frenetically paced life. 
is great and it's something you can do whilst you're doing other things which to be fair we're always doing aren't we so yeah makes the boring stuff a lot more fun I spent an hour listening to Kathy Burke's where there's a will there's a way while I was chopping veg fun times but it was fun because I had Kathy Burke to keep me company (laughs) exactly it makes everything so much less lonely I said to my mum mum's living alone I said put a podcast on mum when you're having your tea yeah um you know I do call her listeners as well (laughs) (laughs) I'm not suggesting that um she should just in a chat (laughs) um no but it is something that you can do to feel a little bit less lonely and you know there's a lot of warm voices and a lot of lovely warm fuzzy content out there as well definitely Uh, on that note shall we bid farewell to our listeners we shall indeed enjoy lovely people see you well hear you speak to you now and do any of those things we'll be chatting we'll be chatting next time connecting let's connect Connect. let's connect lovely let's reach out you reach back there was some connection (laughs) some sort of connection (laughs) anyway it's time for us to go that was going really well (laughs) bye Bye for now Thank you for listening to This Is Awkward, the podcast about how to have difficult conversations. We hope you enjoyed the show. You can find us on Instagram at Awkward Podcast, or you can email us at hello at thisisawkward.co.uk. Please do hit follow or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And five-star reviews will also help us expand our audience as we tackle life's most challenging chats. The content of this show is not meant to take the place of professional help, such as clinical and counselling support. Please do contact your healthcare provider, HR team, other professional body or a reputable charity to seek proper help for yourself if you've been affected by any of the issues in our show. Until next time. Take care, everyone.